Hello and welcome again to another exciting episode of Ramones Mania. This is Didi Thorazine bringing you another killer interview that I had no idea it was going to go to these places. My guest this week is none other than Rocky Scullington, the drummer and songwriter of the band, or one of the songwriters I should say, of the band The Scullingtons, hailing from Norway. But before I get into that, I'll just let you know how you can contact the show or follow the show if you're not doing so already. You can hit us up on Instagram, which is probably the best place to hit us up because I use that more than I use anything else, uh, which is Ramones Mania Podcast. There's also a Facebook page, but the page very rarely gets checked. Uh, so, but you know, you're welcome to contact us there. It just might take a while for me to get back to you. But that's at Ramones Mania Podcast. And then there is a web page. The web page is RamonesManiaPodcast.wordpress.com. And uh, you can also check it out on iTunes. If you have an iTunes player, you can subscribe to the podcast through that. But anyway, like I said, my guest this week is none other than Rocky Scullington, the drummer and co-songwriter of the band The Scullingtons. Now, these guys appeared on my table somehow. I don't know. I was just surfing around the band camp sites and managed to stumble across The Scullingtons, checked them out, immediately bought their album, uh, which still hasn't arrived yet. I'm still waiting on it to come here from uh, Monster Zero Records, but hopefully soon. Fingers are crossed. Either way... The album is awesome, and it's a lot of fun. And so I, you know, reached out to them and and said, "Hey, do you guys want to come on here and chat about the Ramones?" And Rocky was like, "Yes, yes, I'll do that." Now, this goes all over the place, and it's pretty funny. This is possibly the first time that we've done a deep dive on black metal, but it somehow worms its way into Ramones history or the Ramones for the Scullingtons. So I hope uh, you'll enjoy that. It is definitely something different and possibly the first and only time we ever discuss the uh, career of of uh, Bathory and the likes. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was it's a lot of fun and the Scullingtons are awesome. But I'm not going to babble on anymore. I want you to grab yourself your favourite beverage, put your feet up, kick back, and enjoy Rocky Skellington from the Skellingtons on Ramones Mania.
first of all, I will say, you know, thank you so much for giving up your Saturday afternoon to come and hang on in Ramones Mania. I really appreciate oh, well. it. So yeah, well, thank you for asking. Uh, it's uh, really nice to like uh, get someone else to promote our shit <laughs> in a way. <laughs> Because mostly it's like me just pushing emails and uh, asking people to do stuff. And uh, yeah, it's nice to be asked for once. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I just stumbled across your your music by accident. I just was like, I'm always searching out for a new music to listen to that's in the quote unquote Ramones core thing. And yeah. uh, I stumbled across all the skull and like we have a skull for the Thorazines as well. So. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, another band with the skulls. So I checked it out, and then I was right into it right away. And then I went on Mum's Bait, uh, not Mum's, um, Monster Zero, and yeah. bought the, the ordered the LP along with a bunch of other stuff. So I'm just waiting for it to arrive. I don't know how long it's going to take, but hopefully soon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't checked out you guys yet, so I feel kind of bad about that. But no, it's fine. <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's just more Ramonesy stuff. Uh, so you know. Yeah, but uh, more of that. I I love that shit. I mean, like uh, the new Mangus record I dropped yesterday. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's really Fucking good. Fucking hell. Oh my god. I've been listening to it nonstop. It's like those guys just can't do anything wrong mm. at this point. Yeah, for sure. So I had an, so uh, yeah, I'm Andrew a, on the show like for the first episode back for season two. And yeah, was... I heard it actually. It's really good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I wanted to uh, get them on the show basically because the album was coming out. Now, you've just had an album out, which is one of the reasons why I've asked you to come on as well because, you know, so we can yeah, yeah. tell people about this cool record that you've uh, you've released, uh, which yeah. is titled EN. What, what, what's the relevance between calling it EN? Uh, that's Norwegian for one. <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah it's easy. Simple, you know. I kind of ripped off uh, Dan Vapid on that one, but, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) It's written in a different language. It doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah, I have no shame about that. (laughs) (laughs) The whole genre is about ripping off somebody else that's already ripped off somebody else. So it's like, who cares anyway? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's like you can only write the same three chords, you know, so many times before somebody else is going to do it as well. So... You know, it's just, yeah, it is what it I is. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I read the review, a review about uh, our record, and uh, one of the guys was like taking on uh, one of our songs, the the slow jam, We're saying like, "Oh, it sounds like Weezer," and we were like, "We were not thinking in that direction at all. We were thinking like a fifties doo wop shit," and they they were like, "No, no, this is Weezer," and we're like, "Okay, if you <laughs> hear that, then I guess." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Weezer are definitely are inspired by that same music that you were inspired by to write it. So that's probably where it comes from. I mean, you know. Yeah, totally. But it, it's, uh, it's always like fascinating, like listening to uh, people's reflections about the stuff you make or other people make. Because people hear different things. Like I can hear a song and I can hear that band and somebody else can hear that song and they can hear something totally different. So that's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's uh, the wonder of music, man. Indeed, indeed. So one of the things I did want to ask you is, how do I pronounce the town where you're from? Uh, Hernefoss. Hernefoss. Yeah. Okay, cool. And whereabouts is that in relation to, say, like Oslo? I don't know. My geography of Norway is not very good. Uh, it's just Oslo <laughs> and Turbo Negro, and that's pretty much it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, um, most people will kind of assume that the Norway or Oslo is like same place as Sweden and stuff. So I can totally get why people that's not from Scandinavia doesn't know the geography. But anyway, Hønefoss uh, is about an hour uh, away from uh, Oslo uh, in a... How should I say? What should I say? In a northwestern direction. Okay. So, yeah, it's not that far from the capital. Nice. We're in the deep woods, ah. <laughs> creeping about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you're in the deep woods, I'm assuming then that uh, your band photos all look like black metal bands, right? You're hanging out in the woods with the sword. No. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, it would be fun to, like, do a mock-up band photo of that stuff but i mean i don't mind cliches but some cliches you just stay away from i mean and that's one of them <laughs> <laughs> i reckon you definitely need to do a black metal sh- photo shoot now skullington yeah. just sounds like it could be a black metal photo shoot involved that would be pretty funny yeah um, maybe we have to sacrifice some ghosts and stuff like that you know it could get messy but could get some cool photos. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, did you uh, did you watch that Lords of Chaos uh, movie that came out? Yeah, I did. It fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually God thought, it was, I thought it was pretty awesome. Oh. No, but I mean, like, um, quick uh, history lesson about me. I, I used to be a black metal kid back in the day. Oh. So um, me watching all that shit was like, no, it was not like that. And uh, this is stupid, and uh, it's completely Americanized and uh, fucking travesty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like a couple of friends of mine were asked to be like um, the extras, yeah, and uh, to do stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, no, thanks, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) They're like hardcore black metal dudes, and they're like, no, that's good, we're fine. (laughs) <laughs> you do your sh- shady Americanized version of our history. You, you do that shit. We we will not be involved in any way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get to that store, that that record store, that hell vet? Did you ever go there? No, I, I no, I was I was never there. Uh, I mean, like back then, uh, I was living um, in a place called Oros, which is like a tiny, tiny, tiny village in the middle of the forest, somewhere else, uh, far away from Hønefoss which nobody knows about, and I was just sitting there in my room on the internet downloading music. <laughs> so <laughs> I, w- I were not at the shows. I was I was um, I didn't know any of the bands and stuff like that. I was just some geek in the forest somewhere, being like true black metal, you know, and having all the spikes and all that shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Black metal as fuck. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, actually, was... um, that book though that came out, the Lords of Chaos book, I actually really, really enjoyed that book uh, when it came out. Yeah. Like I bought that, and I just, I just read it. I mean, for me, black metal ends. Like, I'm just not big into black metal. Like, I mean, I love Venom and I love Bathory, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> like when it comes to black metal, I, I can just totally get. I, I'm not I, really I into totally the other stuff. Venom. I can totally get Venom because that's not proper black metal. It's pretty much trash metal. But, uh, you know, uh, it was a forerunner in black metal, and, yeah, 
the core mechanics weren't quite there, but they maybe set some things in stone, and you know. So yeah, but I could totally get that. I'd fucking love Venom. <laughs> yeah, the Venom yeah. is like my favorite metal band of all time. Like I have like a Venom record collection that is fucking insane. Like uh, every it doesn't really? matter. Every time I see a Venom record, I just buy it. If it the, if the cover looks different, it's like ah, oh, I don't know if I have that, <laughs> so I'll buy it. I've got so many fucking Venom records, man. It's like my favorite metal band. I got into them when I was a kid, and I just became yeah. obsessed, you know. Yeah. So and, and I was uh, I was kind of impressed when they released like they have the, that rec- record black metal, and then a couple of years later, then they released that the metal black record. I was like, that's fucking brute genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just took your title from one of your most known records and then just flipped it. Genius. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, Antichrist. Couple of years ago, I got to see uh, the metal. Uh, no, what is it? The Venom Inc. Uh, version with Mantis and Abaddon oh, yeah. and the Demolition Man uh, from the Primeval record. And I got to tell you, man, it was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. To see Mantis play those songs was just yeah. incredible. It was like a dream, you know. So. Jesus. I got to meet them was, after, uh, before the show as well, and I got them all to sign my records and stuff. I was so ecstatic, man. I was like a little kid in heaven, you know. Oh, like, man. I mean, oh, I've never been that guy that goes up to bands and like, oh, could you sign this for me? Uh, I mean, I have, I've had one person do that for me, and that was CJ Ramon. Yeah, well, and, and I've never done it to anybody else because <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I can't, I can't do that shit. It's like it hasn't happened to me yet, but I'm dreading the day somebody comes over to me and asks, "Oh, could you sign uh, your record?" I'm like, "Please don't ask. I don't, I don't want to. I can't." <laughs> just <laughs> <'Cause>, do it. I <laughs> know. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's a weird thing. Like, is um, you either like a total. What's it called? Um, my English isn't that good, but I, I try to remember all these words. But uh, it's called, um, you're either like a really forward person. You're like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm so flashy and I'll sign everything, blah, blah, blah. Or you're like inwards and you're like, no, don't don't bother me. Go away. Fuck off. I don't know. I make music. You enjoy the music. We keep a distance. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I don't know the words for that, but uh, yeah, I was listening to Andrea, and he was. Um, I met him at the, the punk rock Raduno, mm. and uh, I was drunk, of course, uh, being at the world's greatest festival. And I walked over to him. Uh, my our guitarist was already talking to him. He also being drunk, you know. And when he gets drunk, he he talks a lot. And of course, I have to go over there and uh, impress him by saying how much of a big fan I was and talk even more to him so it was two Norwegian guys kind of tall guys talking to poor Andrea 
he's not he's not the biggest dude so <laughs> yeah both of us were like standing over him like blah 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 majors are fucking great blah blah and he's like you, you. but anyway i was listening to the interview and uh, i heard that he was like oh i'm quite shy person i don't like talk to people and stuff like that and then it clicked to me i'm like oh my fucking god <laughs> me and Marius, we were talking to that dude for half an hour, and he was probably so uncomfortable with the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm so sorry, Andrea. I did not know. Oh, my God. And I'm the same kind of person. So it's double levels of anxiety. It's like, no, no. Oh, God, no. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's kind of amusing, but it's also, uh, you know, showing that you can uh, – you can take the pop punker out of uh, black metal, but you'll never take black metal out of the pop punker. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I have like relapses, and I go back and listen to some black metal shit every now and then. But I mean, I was earlier. I was like, I stick to one genre and only listen to that genre, no matter what it was. Like back in the day, it was like uh, classic rock, and then it's like heavy metal, trash metal, black metal, folk metal, punk rock, and I was like. One genre, one genre, one genre. Didn't want to listen to anything else. But the older I get, is um, I realize it's like you don't have to be like so single-minded about the music you listen to because you pick stuff from every genre and every style you listen to. Absolutely, so it's just fucking stupid. Just oh no, I'm a punker, so I have to listen to punk. No, dude, there's so much great music out there. But exactly, it's also a lot of shady music too. So I can kind of understand if you find one genre, you stick to it. But come on, just widen your horizons, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every genre of music is going to have music you don't like in it. You know, I mean, it just comes with the territory. Not every yeah. band's going to be perfect. So I yeah, always just totally. say, you know, just, you know, instead of worrying about all the bands you don't like, just focus on all the bands that you do like. And if you don't, if it doesn't <laughs> connect with you, just move on to the next band. You know, it's as simple as that. So it's time. Yeah, Life's yeah, too yeah. short to fucking waste your time with with stuff you don't like. Just just stick with whatever. But uh, when it comes to music, for me, it's like I like everything. Like I I just love music. So I don't really care mm. what it is. I I don't give a fuck about punk points. I've never give, I've never cared about that shit. I've never cared about rep or cred or whatever any of that shit. It's just like you know I'll listen to fucking. Ice tea, and then I'll go from ice tea to venom. And then from venom, I'll go to ACDC. Then I'll go to fucking Taylor Swift, and then I'll go to fucking the Ramones. You know, because I just love music. I just don't care what people mm. think of my taste. It's just like no, I just like music. Yeah, I don't yeah, give yeah. a fuck. You know, it's like what you yeah, like. I mean, like at the end of the day, who are you trying to please yourself or everybody else? Exactly. And, uh, and when the, everything when everything falls apart, you still got the Ramones. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. See, I, I had a feeling that being in Norway, there was probably some ties to metal with you guys just because of your song titles. Like, Jenner is a necrophiliac. That had to have come from some fucking Slayer and some Venom and some Bathory, you know, like that. It had to come from some Mayhem, you know, like something like that. No, no. Um, I mean, the um, thing is, I, I write all the lyrics, but uh, I made a kind of game for myself where I, I take basic, like, uh, common... Uh, tropes in music that people write about and then I just turn into 11. So agenda as a necrophiliac is not really about a woman who wants to fuck corpses. It's about a woman who's into old people, like really old men. So it's like, uh, it's a metaphor for uh, her, I guess her kink, 
it's, it's a friend of mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's um, it's, uh, some songs are really easy. Like she could be the one, you know. It's just easy love song, you know. It's yep. yeah, that obsessive thought you get get when you're like beat in parentheses the woman of your life, or you fall in love, and then you're like, oh, she could be the one. She could be the one. Oh my god. songs like uh, you know jenna phantom limb stuff like that so yeah it's it's fun yeah, to like kind of try to challenge yourself and just put something so um on the edge like you turn it to 11 and just see what happens <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm stoked that we're getting all of this uh interesting stuff uh, in into this interview as well but what i do have to ask you the the question that I ask everybody, and that is, uh, you know, do you remember the first time you heard the Ramones and what your immediate reaction was to it? Uh, I can remember. It's uh, I was I saw I Want to Be Sedated a music video on MTV back in the day when um, MTV was still playing music, which is uh, it's, uh, weird to, like, say that sentence out loud sometimes but uh, yeah. you know that's uh, that those are times I was I, I was I didn't know what the band was at all I just saw that music video and I thought that's a fucking weird music video <laughs> and uh, and then I was listened to the music I was like that's a really basic but catchy song and then I didn't think about it anymore because I was another music video came on the TV and uh, and whatever and then uh, then you know grunge happened and I got into that and then uh, punk rock started to happen in Norway, like Green Day, Offspring, stuff like that. And then I saw like band members wearing T-shirts saying "Remotes" with that uh, the presidential seal and stuff like that. And I was like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" And then uh, did some research, heard a couple of songs. Oh, this is cool. And then then I went over to a new genre of music, like heavy metal and stuff like that. And then I was gone for punk for many many years. And then I came back. When a friend of mine uh, played a Teenage Ball Rocket song. Oh, I was nice. like, this sounds like Ramones. Oh, my God. And then I was like, oh, my God, the Ramones. Fuck, I haven't listened to them in ages. And then I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> One thing led to another. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, what's it called? Uh, 
just the natural evolution or uh, de-evolution, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) When your friend played your Teenage Bottle Rocket and that and you went back and was that when you decided to get into music, playing music, or were you already playing music before that? Um, no, uh, well, I was not playing music at that time. I was like uh, just listening to music and uh, just enjoying it. But uh, the, I guess, the catalyst for me starting to play music was uh, I saw Marky Ramon's Blitzkrieg here in Norway mm-hmm. playing uh, a little bit outside of Hönfos, and uh, I just remember watching Marky play that style that you know uh, that four on the floor eighth notes on the hi-hats and, uh, and that intense speed and that rush that energy I was like I just couldn't get it out of my head I just had to emulate it and just had to play it I just had to learn it as a kid I was always like like finding sticks and using it as drumsticks but never playing drums at all but I guess like yeah I was 27 and then I decided fuck I'm gonna start playing drums I don't care I just I just have to do that I just love that style. Nice. And uh, yeah, so to everybody who's listening, you know, 27 is not too late. I mean, life does not end at 25. You can still do shit after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they say, you know, once if you once you're 30, you're over it. You know, it's done. It's like forget yeah, it. But it's like that. fuck that. Fuck yeah. That. Some fuck of us that. are just hey, lifers, just, man. We're just lifers. Yeah. We're, just, we're in this for the long run, you know. Yeah, I mean, like everybody who says like, you know, like, oh, you can't teach an old dog a new trick and all that shit. Like, you're already given up. If, and if you want to give up, fine. But it's lots of fun for everybody else that likes to like, doesn't really see age like uh, age as a number. Uh, they just see that age is just a number, and whatever you do with your life, you, I mean, there's so much shit to do. So yeah. why limit yourself to the stuff you've been doing for the last ten years? I agree yeah. completely. Now, you've said yep. that you've seen Marky and uh, you have uh, met CJ. Uh, what, was, yeah. uh, what, was, what, were those me- uh, what was that meeting like for you? I mean, I know you said that, you know, you're, that's the only guy you've ever walked up to to be like sign something. But like, tell us about what happened. Uh, the thing about Marky, that's kind of funny, actually. To be honest, I don't really like Marky at all. Uh, I love his playing. I love his contribution to the Ramones, of course. But... I don't like the guy at all, but uh, I think that started at that concert because I wanted to meet him, like all fans do, you know. Yeah. But uh, he has already disappeared when he played a gig, and uh, the only guy that was left was Michael Graves. In hindsight, he was a really nice guy, to be honest. So in hindsight, that kind of fucks me up after learning all that shit about him being a proud boy and all that shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because he was he was really nice, really generous, but I guess. But I guess he was like that because I'm a white guy. So I don't know. Anyway, so I didn't get to mar- meet Marky. So I guess my uh, <laughs> slight resentment towards him started there. I don't know. I just, yeah, it just kind of rubbed me off the wrong way. But uh, that could be like an ego thing, you know. So I don't know. But uh, I met I met CJ twice, actually. And uh, that's I think that's also the only time I've been really like starstruck. Because mm. like... Mar- uh, CJ did like a spoken word thing here in Norway oh, at, nice. uh, at a festival. I think I can't remember which festival it was, but I think he did that to kind of like scout out Norway and just see if there's punk rock people who would show up. Yeah. In case he did a gig there or something. So he was like, he was talking about his time in the Ramones and stuff after that. And 
I of, of course asked him a couple of questions, and one of them being like uh, the thing about the Marcus wig, and he was like, "No, shh, we don't talk about that." <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he was looking at me and was like, shh, 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 "No, we don't talk about that." So, <laughs> and uh, then I got to talk to him after, and like, yeah, I was I was visibly shaking. Like I've never been so. I don't know, nervous about meeting anyone in my whole life. And I was like, hello, I'm Eric. Uh, uh, I'm a huge fan. My mom's great. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Cool. Real cool, down to earth, real nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I met him once after that. They were playing a show here in uh, Oslo. I also met the two of the Huntington's guys there, because Josh and Chris, because they were nice. playing with them back then. So that was like a three times the luck, you know? So, yeah. I mean, to those people that think, like, CJ's not a proper Ramon and stuff like that, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, that guy is Ramon through and through. He, he, he's got Ramones in his fucking bones. I mean, I yeah. love that guy. Uh, and his solo shit is great. And if it you is. don't like it, that... I yeah. agree. His solo albums are fantastic. It, they just don't get enough love, but they're fucking great records. It's, it's so sad. Like... He spent uh, how many years was he in remotes? Five, six years? I don't know. Eight. I can't remember. I think he was in uh, around almost eight years. I think he was in the band. Yeah, I think he yeah. joined in ninety. Uh, what is that? In eighty-eight, and went through. You know, the band broke up in ninety-six. So. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So he he was in there for eight years. He wrote. Uh, I mean, he did the he did the job. He didn't fuck about. He it was professional and did his shit. I mean, he's a fucking remote, and uh, I love that guy. So yeah, that's uh, great dudes. <laughs> yeah, I, I've met uh, CJ a couple of times as well. He is a he's a down to earth guy, he's really nice, and he's always got time for the fans and stuff. And you know, like uh, I think he's just I think he realizes that what it's like to be a fan. You know, and so mm. you know, of course he's going to have time for the fans because he knows what it's like to be a fan. You know, yeah, so yeah. and uh, I saw him last year. He came out here for his final tour. And uh, he he was great. He was his his show was good. I wish he played more of his solo stuff, but I'll take whatever I can get. And uh, mm. the show was still great, though. You know, I mean, obviously they're playing Ramon songs as his bread and butter, but I would love to hear those the songs from those albums played live. You know, like it'd yeah. be so good if people yeah. like it'd, it'd be good if he like did like a, a you know he goes I'm going to play two sets. One set is all Ramones, and the other set will be all my originals. You know, that'll be yeah. I mean, that'd be awesome. Uh, Dan Vapid did that at the Punk Rock with Duno like last year. He played like a Riverdale set, and then he played a Dan Vapid set the day oh. after, and it was fucking great. I mean, like so jealous. I love both. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I love both. And uh, of course, I love the Riverdales a little bit more. But you know, Dan Vap, no matter what Dan Vapid does, it's fucking great. So yeah, I mean, C- CJ could easily do that. If he wanted, I think, but uh, I could totally get why he maybe feels obligated to continue the Ramones legacy. Yeah, to just keep the the songs alive. I mean, I think uh, to me, uh, for me, I like I've seen both CJ, I've seen uh, Marky, I haven't seen Richie, so I don't know what that's like. But I've seen both uh, CJ and Marky, and I gotta say, I prefer CJ. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, like, Marky's well, the drummer, and uh, yeah, you know, whereas yeah. you know, CJ's voice, we've heard, we've heard him sing the songs, we've heard him sing "Strength to Endure," you know, we've heard him oh, sing yeah. "Main Man" and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, like it, it just makes sense that he would 
you know, he, he would come out and, and play and sing songs, you know, whereas mm-hmm. I've seen Marky Ramone's Blitzkrieg um, and I, it, it bums me out because he's got like, what, four or five solo records out like with the Intruders and the Speed Kings and stuff and it's like, why not just get a kick-ass band to play those songs? As well as the remote <laughs> stuff, because there's some good songs on those records. I guess they don't pay the bill, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, like, uh, I can remember when he put out his hot sauce and he put the, the Ramones name on it. I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how it's like to be like that old and I've been playing a legendary punk rock band, but uh, if that were me, like, at that age, I would never put out a hot sauce with the Skeletons name on it. Fuck, that's it. That's just stupid. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that, man, because I reckon one day there's going to be a hot sauce, a Skellington hot sauce that's going to burn your oh, face fuck off. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. Fuck no. We'll do proper band merch. Proper band merch. T-shirts, <laughs> vinyls, maybe like, uh, what's it called, those uh, things you uh, grab uh, sausages out of the hot water, like pincers or whatever. Those... Uh, <laughs> So we you make utensils, but you won't make the sauce. <laughs> Fuck no, no sauce. <laughs> there's no a band in Melbourne. That, lots of bands actually here. Have, uh, no, there's a couple of bands in Melbourne that have done the sauce. Uh, like really? clowns, <laughs> clowns released the hot sauce. So. It sounds so dirty when you say it like that. Like they've done the sauce. What the fuck is the sauce? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know yeah, who yeah. clowns are. You know, you know the Australian band clowns. Yeah, I think no. Uh, They've got an album on Fat Wreck and and stuff, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, they're from they're from my my hometown, <laughs> and uh, they released a hot sauce uh, like a year or two ago to go with their latest album. Jesus. And I uh, I don't I don't have it because I'm not really into hot sauce, but my housemate has pretty much been you know churning it all over her fucking food, so I guess she loves it. So oh my god. I mean, maybe that was like the big band merch thing. Because I see like now it's like face masks. That's the big band merch thing right now. Mm. So maybe that like the hot sauce was like the later really hot thing to get when you're in bands. I don't know. Who knows? It's weird. Yeah. I, don't I just don't eat hot sauce, but uh, I got given a bottle of it when I bought their record. So I was like, oh, I've got this hot sauce, but I don't eat hot sauce. So, But my housemate does, so yeah. it's okay. At least it's getting used. Yeah. Did you try the Marcus hot sauce? No, no. I, have, I haven't even no. seen it for sale here or anywhere. So like, I think those sorts of mm. specialty sauces, um, you'd have to go to a – like a, a specialized shop to get them because I know Joe Perry oh, from yeah. Aerosmith has one as well. He has a hot sauce Jesus as well. So. I know, man. It's like a big deal. When I was in Florida, man, I went into this one store in uh, in Miami Beach, and they just had fucking like probably like two hundred different types of hot sauces. And I saw the Marky Ramone one there, and I saw the uh, Joe Perry one there, and I was like, oh, I should buy these just because the bottles look cool. You know, like I'm never going to eat it or use it, but like just because the bottles yeah, look cool. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like they just make it because it's got their name on it. And yeah, of course, profit. But, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah but what? Yeah, that's pretty much what merch is anyway. So I guess <laughs> it's kind of valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, people got to. You know, people aren't buying as many records these days, so they've got to find other ways to make money, I guess. So these are why they do these things, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, especially now, like, how many skateboard decks do you see? Bands are making skateboard decks, which is great because yeah, I love yeah. skateboarding. Dude. But it's just like you're buying those decks just to hang on your wall, you know, because <laughs> you're not actually buying them to skateboard. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like purely uh, dec- uh, what's it called? Decorative. Decorative, yeah. Oh. Decorative, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, there, there's whole bands that like make like their careers out of merch. Just look at Kiss. I mean, yeah, uh, you, you can you could furnish, yeah, yeah, you could just furnish a whole house with Kiss or Misfits merch or Metallica for that for that matter. You know, it's so weird. Like when you get like big enough, you could do any fucking thing. Yeah, I know. Well, look at you yeah, can yeah. find Ramones like logos on anything these days as well. Like you know, the estates have just let it go crazy with them um, with the Ramones logo. I mean, I've got everything from like fucking shoelaces to uh, to socks. I've got three different pairs of socks, you know, that I found in Mexico Jesus. and stuff. Like, I just keep buying anything that I see the logo on. It's like, oh, cool. I'll get that. I don't have it for my collection, so. i mean i I got a coffee mug i'm actually drinking from it now but that's i think that's the only thing i got with like uh remote's logo on it i have to look around no i don't no no that's the only thing i think and you know stickers and stuff like that so yeah well one of the things you did say that you have yet to see was richie ramon live and you know regardless if people like his solo records or not i mean i've you know, my old band got to open for Richie was like an honor for us. And I just remember oh, having dude. conversations with him and stuff. And he signed, you know, the somebody put something in my drink uh, single. He put he signed that for mm-hmm. me and stuff. And he, he told me, he goes, Johnny hates this record because it's the Richie <laughs> Ramon record. <laughs> but uh, it was oh, it I- was cool. Like he was, he was super cool to, um, you know, we got photos with him and stuff and, you know, like he told good stories. I, I asked him a bunch of questions. He answered them all. So, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't, he wasn't hiding out. He wasn't being strange. You know, he was just being Richie Ramone, and it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to meet Richie because uh, he's probably my favorite Ramone drummer. I mean, like, you got, like, Tommy kind of, quote, unquote, inventing the style, you know, and then you got Marky, like, refining it slightly. And then they got like Richie, like taking it to the next level. And I fucking love that style he does. Like both like that, um, the animal boy, like the hardcore ish stuff. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, all this. I'm, I'm not a, like, I don't like playing fills on drum kits, but he makes like this small, tasty fills. Yep. Like, um, like uh, what's it called? In the, uh, something to believe in. Like, that at the start of the song, I think it's like like a quick little snare thing. It's so minimal, but so tasteful. So I just always love his style of playing.
I never liked how he sings because it always fucks me up. Like when he switches to that English, um, that English dialect or that English version of him singing, it's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, he's, like a, he was definitely a, a killer on the kit those nights that, that I saw. I mean, uh, we uh, we saw I saw him twice, and yeah, he just fucking went hell for leather. Like he still got the chops on the drum kit, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did both. Like he got it. He was up front being a front man, and he also got behind the kit. So you know, he was doing yeah. uh, he was doing two things, and it was just cool. It was just really really cool to see. So I mean, yeah, guys are Ramon. He was on three great records. So yeah, I mean, another Ramones uh, member that. Got a lot of shit for not being one of the original Ramones, you know. Great dude. He wrote great songs. Minus maybe I'm Not Jesus. I'm not so fond on that. But, <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see him live. Hopefully I will. Hopefully you will too. I really do. Because yeah. uh, you have a. it sounds like you'd have a blast. And mm. I mean, he's a Ramone. So the only, the only one that I need to meet uh, that I've been trying to meet every time they tour is I'm fucking trying to meet Clem. Even though he's only in two gigs. I yeah, just want yeah, to fucking. Elvis. I just yeah. want to meet him because <laughs> Clem Burke is easily one of the greatest punk rock drummers of all time. Like he just is. Like you watch the way he yeah, plays yeah, yeah. in Blondie. The guy's a fucking machine. Yeah, yeah dude. Just, but yeah, he but he can't play remotes. Uh, that's uh, that's also uh, to uh, something to uh, mark his credit. I think it's on the end of the century documentary. Is like talking about the drum style of remotes mm. and uh, how. No matter how good you are as a drummer playing, like you can play Led Zeppelin, you can play fucking Rush, but you can't play Ramones. Yeah. Nobody can do that thing with the eight notes. Yeah. So got to give credit what credit is due, like for all those Ramones drummers. Like, yeah, it's easy, quote unquote, easy music, but it's not fucking easy. It's actually really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a less is more approach. You know, like it doesn't yeah, yeah, need to totally. be technical, but it fucking sounds incredible. Like, I mean, my favorite drummer is always going to be Tommy because, you know, because of the way I discovered them, you know, It's Alive was the first record I heard. So it was like, yeah. for me, just listening to Tommy play was just one of those mind-blowing experiences. It's like, how the fuck does this mm. dude do this? He doesn't take a break. Straight into the next song. Yep. I was getting, because I, I used to be a drummer and I was tired after like yeah, three yeah. songs and he was like <laughs> doing fucking 30. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna be like uh, really arrogant and stuff like that. But I, people come up to me like, ask me like, how do you do that with the hi hats and the, the rides and shit like that? And I was like, yeah, I jerk off a lot. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, seriously. Um, actually, um, it's a kind of funny story. Um, when I was starting to play drums, I uh, saw Teenage Ball Rocket for the first time in Denmark. Nice. They were playing with uh, the 20 Below's, actually, which fucking awesome band, cool. to be honest. Really, yep. really cool band. And I met Brandon nice. backstage and uh, started talking to him. And I was like, <laughs> it's uh, kind of funny because the first question he asked me is like, dude, do you get some weed? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> I don't smoke. Sorry, dude. <laughs> then I got to ask him like, so, dude, uh, how do you play? so fast on the iAps, what's what's like the secret, dude? And uh, he looked at me, and then he said, well, you gotta wear board shorts, man. <laughs> then you gotta practice a lot. And then you gotta jerk off a lot. I was like, cool, I could do two of those things. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, I don't wear board shorts, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did the two other things. <laughs> 
Nice. But yeah, that's uh, an- another fucking great drummer. Like. trying to think if I saw yeah I did see Bottle Rocket with Brandon I did yeah I'm trying to think when yeah. the last time I saw or well, the first time I saw Bottle Rocket and uh, it was on it was when Skate or Die came out so they toured on that record yeah came from the shadows or whatever it's called and uh, so I saw them on that tour because I bought the Skate or Die t-shirt yeah that were fucking they just blew me away I always liked them because they did the simplicity thing of the Ramones and that but they also added their own little thing to it so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, and, and I, like, uh, I like that. I think they're like a fine mix between Ramones and Screeching Weasel, and then some uh, other other stuff, like yeah. later stuff when they're starting to like get a little bit heavier and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, great band, great dudes. Uh, yeah, I'd say that the heaviest stuff is probably Cody's uh, influence, considering how much he loves metal. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of Ray too, because he's like a, a metal guy too, or used to be a metal guy. So it's a, ca- a ca- combination between those two guys, I think. Ah, see, I, I, when I, I interviewed Ray uh, once, and we didn't even talk about metal. I wish I'd thought of that, but uh, oh, I wanted yeah. to talk purely. To, I wanted to talk to Cody purely about metal as well, but yeah. he was tired, so it didn't happen. <laughs> but I would love to yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. get him on the show and just talk metal with him. So I think he's like a I think he's like a huge black metal dude, like a Norwegian black metal dude. I think uh, I've heard that somewhere. Oh, you'd get along well with him. So then. yeah, <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, stuff I get like through Tor Hallington of the Hallingtons because uh, he and Cody are real tight. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Your new album. There is. When did that yeah. just came out? What the other a couple of weeks ago, didn't it? It came out. Yeah, uh, September first. Yeah, and uh, well, I think it's, I've listened to it a, a bunch of times on the Bandcamp because I'm still waiting mm-hmm. on the vinyl to arrive. 
But man, it's like it's killer because it's so fast and it's over. <laughs> like it doesn't last too long. You know what I mean? It's like it gets in, it does the job, and leaves. And that's yeah. what I that's what I liked about it. And uh, it's good to hear how your songs from your first demo how they sound on the record, like how they've changed or just how you've you know. I mean, you're playing them a little bit like Cali Nova. I think yeah, it sounds like you're playing it faster. So, yep. but uh, it's cool to see, you know, because you put up those uh, that that first demo. It's good to see how the songs, you know, were then and yep. became where they are now. record is like songs that are either six or older years like uh, i i think like uh Calino, no uh, janice necrophiliac is the first song we ever wrote oh and wow. the second song is she could be the one and then i think Calino is like the fourth song we ever wrote so most of that stuff is like really old stuff which we've been playing nearly every live set we ever played the last six years so those songs have like they've um, what to say they've, they've have like uh, had time to ferment and yeah. get more flavor and we've had time to like adjust them find the right speeds and put the backing vocals where we wanted them and we had like we took us time to really work on each song and mm. uh, not not like in a organized matter it just like came about natural 
just by playing the songs because we'd be like at the practice base and uh, like Marius or Dan would be like how about if I do it like this on uh, just necrophilic and do that bass thing do 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 and then like oh yeah that's good do that and that's just how everything came together Definitely a fun record, man. And uh, I've got to ask, does uh, Callie Nova know about the song? <laughs> yeah, she does, actually. Uh, that's kind of funny because uh, when I wrote that song, I had no... Uh, her real name is actually Jenna. So <laughs> I had no fucking idea when I wrote the Jenna's Necrophiliac that that was her name. And I learned that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I think she messages... Uh, it's just... She sent us a message like uh, a couple of years ago, and like, oh, it's a real fun song. Thanks for writing it or stuff like that. I was like flabbergasted, like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> that's I cool. had no idea that she would ever hear it, but yeah, that's uh, kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of like similar to how you remember how the Nobodies are obsessed with Taylor Wayne. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got like Jagger Holly, it's got like Brie Olson and stuff like that. So I think it's like a thing. <laughs> yeah, to sing about a porn star, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when I wrote it, uh, of course it was like a, it's kind of a, like a teenage anthem in a way. Like uh, you, you're not really interested in girl. You want women like porn stars that could do all this nasty shit to you, and then like, <laughs> oh my god, that's like have to be the greatest thing ever. And that was my mindset when I wrote that. So uh, and it was also fun, like taking that idea of like writing a love song about oh she's so pretty she's so nice blah 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 and then just like no fuck that shit we're gonna write about a porn star she's gonna do dirty shit and <laughs> it's gonna be like total uh, male centered of course because i am a male so yeah <laughs> like in hindsight it's not like probably not our most uh female-friendly song. <laughs> so I apologize for that. Uh, but, you know, it's a product of that time, I guess. I was actually uh, I was actually listening to I think it's Subterranean Jungle of the Ramones, and they got that song Indian, Indian Giver. Yeah, yeah. And that's also, like, uh, I guess, a song that's written. Uh, like, that's a product of that time, like that phrase being okay to say and stuff like that, which is not now so yeah you you learn <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you play this game long enough you learn what to do and what not to do so we're not gonna write more songs about porn stars i think <laughs> <laughs> well i do have to ask about uh high school of the dead was that named after the uh or inspired by the anime yeah 
Dude, Fuck you're yeah. the first one that gets it. High yeah, five, man. I fucking love that Fuck shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right back to that teenage fancy, you know? Big boobs and uh, <laughs> and zombies and uh, school schoolgirl outfits and stuff like that. Yeah. got that blu-ray man of all the episodes and uh i've also yeah. got the uh the what do they call them the the book that's got all the issues of the comic in it i've got one of those as well the yeah, compendiums. Yeah, yeah, yeah i got that too yeah okay i got the, the whole manga collection actually so nice. yeah yeah but uh yeah that's uh high school of the dead that's like 50 percent the anime and then it's 50 percent uh george r romero's uh night of the living dead nice pretty much and you know, all bands with a like a shred of self-respect has to have a song about zombies in this punk rock genre, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's like the I think that's like the fifth song or sixth song I ever wrote. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's been a it's been a staple in our life set ever since. So yeah, we're gonna pl- we're, we're gonna pro- we're probably gonna play that till yeah we not play anymore to be honest it's a fun song to play nice and uh is restraining order based on real uh like a real uh... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, uh, in a sense. <laughs> like um, uh, most of our lyrics, is, uh, like I said before, like it's uh, you take a basic concept and then you turn it to eleven. Like that's uh, that the whole song is about rejection. Like since it's like it, it's uh, basically like one sentence being repeated after, uh, like it's one sentence being repeated over and over and this that's a story about a guy that's being rejected over and over and over and over and over in the most extreme way you can be rejected like no no texts no phone call it's just you get a restraining order in the mail <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like we got like a little bridge which got like two sentences and then it's like lead and then it's like straight in order straight in order like the whole the whole cycle repeats so it's uh yeah it's <laughs> it's a kind of a fucked up story <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun though to when i was listening to it just thinking like oh this is uh these songs are catchy and cool i like it and because they're short yeah. as well i mean i'm i'm big on short songs like i think that uh i remember the hives said once in an interview they said uh, you don't need to write more than two minutes for a song. Like two minutes is a perfect time to get your message across. And uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess the guy's got a point. <laughs> like you can pretty yeah, much, I mean, like, you know, get through a, get through everything you need to say within two minutes. You know. <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, like your, uh, like our fastest songs go like two hundred forty-five BPM, which is like close to I think what the Teenage Bubblegums does, and. You, you usually go like intro, verse, uh, ref, intro, verse, ref, bridge, ref, all the way out. And by the time you do that, that's usually like one and a half minutes, maybe two minutes, depending on the speed of the song anyway. So why fuck around? Why, why, add, why, like, why add more filler if you don't need it? Of course. Less, like less is more. So yeah. That's yep. always been our philosophy, and whenever we, we like write a new song, and then we add on and add on and add on stuff, and we play the song, and it's like fucking hell, this song is over three minutes long. We need to cut this shit down because this won't fly. <laughs> <laughs> this won't fly. There's the name of your no, next no, record. No, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 shit won't fly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I remember like seeing like uh, this uh, interview about uh, this guy in the Malmsteen that. Uh, guitarist dude yep and he's always talking about like oh uh, uh going over the edge like doing four string apart shows three string apart shows blah 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 and then some person told him oh you know less is more and he's like what how can less be more more is more dude you fucking missed the point <laughs> <laughs> you fucking wanker <laughs> <laughs> I have I like I have I have no respect for guitar wankers. Uh like that the only thing they serve is themselves. And if you're in a band like I I can kind of get when you, if you're a guitarist and you're the only guy in the band, of course you're going to you have no one else to wank so you got to wank yourself and your own ego. But if you're in a band, you can't do that shit. Like you can't go on and on like oh look i'm gonna have a three minute drum solo in our live set because i feel so fucking great on the drums no fuck that shit <laughs> i can oh i can remember seeing me, me and my dad we went to see black sabbath when uh they reuni reunited uh, nice. a couple of years ago yeah and they had they had like uh 
I think they had like uh, Aussie's drummer or something like that. Yeah, and they're yeah, playing yeah. the they're playing the classics, you know. They're playing uh, Iron Man. They're playing uh, Black Sabbath, and they're playing uh, Warpigs and all that, all the classics, you know. And all of a sudden, the drummer has to have like a three minute or maybe ten minute drum solo in the whole thing, and then it fucking it just ruins the whole vibe. Like <laughs> ten minutes, you gotta watch this. Dude, just jerk off on his on his drum kit. Like, oh my god, look at me! Look at all the fills I can do! Holy shit! And then you gotta watch that for ten minutes, and then oh yeah, back to the classics. Thank you. I get the feeling though that was probably more for Ozzy <laughs> to have a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The drummer's probably like, I really don't want to do this, but they're like, No, you have to. Yeah, you have to Come do. Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. I mean, Black Sabbath is slow music played at the slow pace. I mean, even Ozzy. Uh, no matter how, how what his stage thing is, uh, he, he's doing. If he's throwing bu- buckets of water at people, or jumping around, or eating bats, or whatever he's doing, I mean, you can do that and just pace yourself. So <laughs> you, you don't need a ten fucking minutes drum solo in the end of that. <laughs> Another great example: me and my dad, we went to see Foo Fighters a couple of years ago. And a couple, of, I, I used to love Foo Fighters. I don't now anyway uh, anymore because of that concert because. The first song they play is Everlong. Great song. I fucking love that song. Um, uh, at the like, I think it's like at the bridge before they like take it up before the uh, uh, the chorus at the end, and then they have like this whole uh, Dave Grohl has to have this thing with his audience. He's got to talk to his audience and like, oh my god, it's so fucking great to be on stage. Yeah, I do this for a living. Fuck yeah! Can you believe this? I get money for doing this shit. Fuck yeah! And all that shit, and he does that for like three minutes <laughs> at the first song. <laughs> oh god! And me and my dad, me and my dad were looking at each other like. I hope this is the, like the first and last time he does that shit. But no, he did that in like every fucking song. Every bridge or every breakdown of a song is like, yeah, rock and roll is still alive. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I like Dave Roll. I, like, I love his drumming. I love, I love a lot of his Foo Fighters songs, but I can't watch a live show of people doing that shit because I get fucking annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> it's uh, it's a total contempt. You know, like people pay money to watch you play songs, and then you're walking about on stage, talking about the great life you have, and oh my god, you can play uh, you can play rock and roll all day and party every night, and oh, it's so great. Fuck you, play the songs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it, it, <sighs> the, my my quibble uh, with the Foo Fighters is that. They're like the the biggest punk rock supergroup, right? <laughs> when you look at their history, like the band members' histories of the bands that they came from. So you've got this big yeah. supergroup, but their music is so radio friendly and it's like don't you just want to fucking do a punk record? Come on, man. You've got fucking yeah. Pat Smear in the band, the fucking dude from Face to Face. You've, you're in Scream. Fucking, mm-hmm. you know, come on. <laughs> you know, make a fucking punk record. <laughs> I, I have like a theory. Like, I have a theory. Like, when they write a song, they're like, oh my God, no, no, guys, this is too punk. We got to dial it back by 20 BPM. Then we got to add some woes. And then we got to. <laughs> you have some uh, drum solos and stuff like that, and then it's Foo Fighters song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I, I wish that they, because I mean, when he did that Probot record, I thought he did yeah, a fucking yeah. great job. Like, you know, getting Dude, like that song record. that he did with Kronos from fucking Venom is killer. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the song he did with the Max Cavalera or fucking Lemmy. God yeah. damn. 
Shake Your Blood. Oh, it's a fucking great song. So oh it's my like God. You can, you, you, you're capable of doing this. Do another one, but do a punk record. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, and he's a fucking great drummer. I mean, everything he plays on drums, even this is Queens of Stone Age, them Crooked Vultures, even the stuff he did with Nirvana is fucking great. I mean, dude, you got the ability. Why the fuck not? And yeah. I guess he, that's what, he, you know, Foo Fighters he, is what makes money being, you know, the radio-friendly stuff. That's where the money yeah, is. Yeah, so. that, yeah, that's, uh, that's like the, the bane of their existence. They got to make money. And uh, they like they make a lot of money playing that. Radio friendly, neutered punk rock. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, is it really? I remember seeing their first tour of Australia. They played a festival here. The festival was called Somersault. Now, how's this for a mm-hmm. fucking lineup, right? Check this out. You had Bikini Kill, Jawbreaker, Ooh, nice. uh, Beastie Boys, Sonic Youth, Rancid, mm-hmm. Foo Fighters. Cool. And uh, the Beastie Boys headlined. The, the what? The Beastie Boys. <laughs> they fucking headlined. And they, they, were, they, they fucking blew everybody away. They did the punk songs. Oh, they did the hip-hop songs. You know, they did everything. And it was a great oh, show. Oh, yeah, cool. What, what year was this? That would have been 96. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it's when Jawbreaker had the DU album. So they were being pushed for oh, that. Yeah. And uh, that's also the tour where um, uh, Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill uh, ended up hooking up with the Beastie Boy that she's now married to. So it was on that oh, tour. Really? Yeah, it happened uh, in my own hometown of Adelaide. <laughs> oh my god! Cool. So <laughs> something good did come of that. They, the, them two did get together, and you know, they've been uh, hilarious ever since. Like with their their cameos and stuff that they do. So, but nice. Uh, nice. yeah, that was a that was a good show because I mean, you know, we were never going to see Jawbreaker any other way, and Bikini Kill were never mm. going to come to Australia, but someone brought them out on this big fucking big tour thing, this big festival, and we got to see them, and that was great. Like, the whole fucking festival was great, but the only band that bored me to tears was the Foo Fighters. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I and Sonic Youth, the Sonic Youth set, I didn't like the set that they played that day. I remember being really bored with their set. It was much too of the experimental stuff and less of the straight-up rock stuff, so oh, yeah. I, was, I was kind of yeah. bored there. But Rancid were fucking fantastic, as you would expect, and... Uh, uh, the Beastie Boys just blew everybody away. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I can totally get that. But like, you can hear like uh, like Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. Like it's a really fucking great song. I mean, that could have been easily been a punk rock song. Just up the speed a little bit, and then this got you got a great punk rock song. It's a great rock song to be honest. But you know, they gotta make money. Yeah. It's either that or that. <laughs> it's, e- it's either that or selling hot sauce. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I wouldn't put it past him. It's probably going to happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey ranch hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know it's it's funny you mentioned before uh, that you uh, when you said you met Mikhail Graves, uh, for singer for yeah. Mark Remote. I met him too. Like when he came out and did a solo show, and he was the same. He was super fucking nice. And uh, yeah. then obviously you, you find out the, the politics and stuff and you're just like, oh, my God, no. And I even interviewed the dude on the phone. We had a conversation oh, really? on the phone for like half an hour where we talked about just – I talked about the Mark Ramones Blitzkrieg thing. I talked about the Misfits stuff and whatever. And uh, he was totally fine. He was cool. And then, yeah, all that other stuff happened. You're just like, what? Is this even yeah. the same guy? You know, it was – it's just kind of weird, yeah. man. But, yeah, I, I mean, 
Guy's I got a good like, voice. Got to hand it to him. He has a great voice. Yeah, I, I, that's uh, that's a bummer thing because I, I really like Michael Graves' Misfits era stuff. Uh, fuck yeah, American Psycho's yeah, killer. I, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, like uh, both like uh, Famous Monsters and uh, American Psycho. That's like two really great records. So it's a really bummer. But I guess like people like that, they they I guess they wear masks to fit in when they don't know the person they're talking to, if they're on the same side as them politically. Yeah. yeah. And then they would just like wear this mask, just fit in and be nice. And then maybe if they figure out the, the person they're talking to are on their same side, quote unquote, like they can go into that shit. But I don't know. It's, it's weird. Uh, it's, yeah.
people always have this argument that they say, you know, they they can't disassociate the art from the person and things like that. I'm one person. I can do that. I can disassociate the art from the person because I still think American Psycho is one of the best Misfits records. And I know everybody's going to want to hunt me down and kill me for that because it's all like dancing this, dancing that. I love the dancing era. My favorite Misfits record all uh, all up is Earth AD. So everyone just calm down. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I love American Psycho. I think that the fact that it was produced by, you know, yeah, Daniel Ray working on that, man. Fucking, like, what a killer. Daniel yeah, Ray dude, is tied yeah, to yeah. the Ramones. You can't go wrong, so. Yeah, yeah, and and Didi Ramon. He made that rap record with Didi, you know. <laughs> hey, man, I like that record. I will I admit it. I record. like that record. It's got the original uh, version of The Crusher on it. How can you go wrong? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's fucking awesome. Like, uh, what's it called? Uh, ocean in the motion. Like, motion in the ocean. It's fucking killer. <laughs> yeah, and you've got fucking Debbie Harry singing on it, which is always a plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mashed potatoes, you know. It's time to rock. It's time to rap. It's time for the mashed potato attack. the ladies and knock out the homeboys too this ain't the twist or the boogaloo the mashed potato is in the groove it's gonna make your body move make you snap crackle and pop i'm the master of hip I got a friend of mine who's a uh, rapper, and I showed him that record. <laughs> I was like, dude, if you like rap, you got to listen to this shit. And he was like, this is fucking garbage, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. This is gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, anyway, back to the thing about um, this, uh, the politics stuff. And um, uh, I can do that because I do that with the Ramones, you know, Johnny Ramone. Of he course. Was, uh, yeah. He was, um, what's he called? Um, right wing. Yeah, right wing dude. I mean, like he was a uh, Fort Nixon, love that guy and shit. So I do that shit all the time. So being that I do that with Ramones, of course I could do that with the Misfits. But the older I get and more like conscious I get about stuff and stuff like that, it's harder, I guess, to yeah. do it. Uh, even like uh, Screeching Weasel, for instance, like Ben Weasel. I'm him politically. I I can't gel with that to be honest but i love his fucking records and uh the, the last record he did like the some freak of uh, evitism or whatever it's called mm-hmm. it's a great record yeah it's I one of the best that. ones in their career man i put that up yeah, there I mean, is, is as good as anything they did in the early 90s that's for sure yeah yeah but so yeah it's it's hard to answer that question to be honest because as i said the older i get the more conscious i get but at the same time a good song is a good song yeah i got a i got a ref- refer back to Ramones, you know, like they have the song Balzo Goes to Bitburg, which is uh, very critical of the right-wing uh, American uh, political parties, Reagan, you know. Reagan, yeah. Yeah, Reagan and all that shit, you know, and Johnny Ramone was okay with that. 
So he actually wasn't. He, he wasn't can, okay with it. He no, fucking yeah, he hated okay that song. That. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, he was okay with it being on the record because it's a good song. Yeah, I think the the story of that, from what I've heard, is that he said, "There's no, we're not doing this song." And both uh, Dee Dee and Joey said, uh, "Go fuck yourself, Johnny. We're doing the song." <laughs> Oh really? Okay. Yeah, he, Johnny didn't want didn't want the song on the record. He didn't want to have anything to do with the song. He thought he hated the song, but Joey okay. and Dee, Dee were just like, "Nah, man, fuck you. We're, we're putting it on." And you know they wrote the okay. song. So, yeah, and to this yeah, but, day, yeah, that is my favorite Ramon song. Yeah, but I was I I, I I guess I remember wrong then because I always remember like him either saying it like in hindsight that it's a good song, but he didn't like the the message of it or something like that but maybe my um, memory is fucked i don't know yeah I, I was listening to an interview with way, Ma- you know? monty monty milnick said that you know he opposed a song and Didi and joey said no nah, man fuck you we're doing it <laughs> <laughs> so that's fucking great I, I mean like i guess you're gonna ask me anyway but i'm gonna just uh, answer this but Didi ramon is my favorite ramon um hands down nobody can beat Didi. But uh, I, I have some respect for Johnny, even though I don't like his political views and stuff like that. I have a lot of respect for his like worth ec- worth ethics and his like his him being like a taskmaster and stuff like that. You know, yeah. uh, always being prepared, always knowing what to do, when to do, and how to do it, and always being like firm and know what the Ramon sound is and just stick with it. Even though, you know, you got some records and some songs in the late seventies, eighties, that's not entirely Ramones, you know, but yeah, that's, I guess it's like when you're in the band, you got to give and take. And sometimes you got to give. Yeah. I think that, uh, like for, for me, like that, you know, Joey and Dee Dee was like the Jagger Richards of punk. You know what I mean? Like they were just, the best songwriting duo like was those two guys you know they were just yeah. churning out perfect songs like joey was great with the 60s uh, girl group inspired stuff the pop stuff mm-hmm. you know and Dee, Dee was great with the straight up punk you know but then you mm-hmm. the, you know you did hear a softer side to Dee, Dee. i mean you heard you know something to believe in's a Dee, Dee song you know and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah so you know that um, you know they you know I think Dee Dee and, and Joey were definitely left left wing politically and so, you know songs like that I guess show that you know that uh, yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. Bonzo goes to Bitburg obviously uh, wasn't it mm-hmm. but uh, you, I just got the feeling that um, you know that there was definitely a, a serious side to those guys as well as the goofiness yeah so, yeah yeah totally I can remember like seeing an interview of. Uh... Joey and Didi on some TV show and stuff like that. And Didi, I, I don't know, he might be drugged or fucking around or whatever. And he's talking about like his songs, Angelo and Didi. And he's talking about walking his uh, wiener dog who's got no legs. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking morbid. But at the same time, and then he like counteracts that with like talking about Reagan. And yeah, that's a fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> it's like, it's. Uh, I, I I just sometimes I just wish I could be a fly on the wall, just hanging out at Dede's home and just watch him live and be Dede because he's <laughs> such a fascinating guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, I I feel that if he was still with us, you know, who knows how many albums would be out there by now of him and his wacky writing because you know he was just. 
he seemed like he just churned out songs after song after song. But then you listen to, you know, you listen to songs like, for example, you know, there was definitely, you know, the goofy side to Didi. But then when he wrote something like Poison Heart, for example, you're sitting there thinking like, you know, this guy is a fucking genius to write a song like this. Like this yep. is a guy who's have actually feeling something to write yep. a song like Poison Heart. That's a song filled with emotion, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's not just him song. goofing off about you know sniffing glue or whatever. It's like it's like no, no. This something's affected this guy, and you know this is how he feels. And there's feeling in yeah, that yeah, song. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I don't know if you listened to the previous uh, interview that I had on with uh, Ed Stasium, but. Uh, I played the original version of Poison Heart on there when he wrote it with Steve. Ba- well, he, when he wrote it and took it to Steve Bader's and Steve Bader sings on it. Oh, really? I've heard it. Uh, I haven't heard that uh, podcast either, but uh, it's on my list of stuff to listen. You'll to. hear it on that. Yeah, I played the original version with Steve Bader's on vocals, and uh, it's incredible to hear how that song, you know, in its rawest form, with Steve Bader singing it, and how it ended up sounding the way it does on uh, on Mondo Bizarro. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucking cool. incredible. That song is that's still that would be in my top five Ramon songs. I think Poison Heart is. It's just I don't know it's just pure genius. That and Pet Cemetery, I think, were Dee Dee's shining moments of like <laughs> incredible songwriting. Right? Yeah, no, I, I read the story like him like being at Stephen King's house reading Pet Cemetery, and then like five minutes later, oh, I wrote a song. Done. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? Like he could yeah, just do yeah, that. Like, like, who the fuck can just do that? But he just did it, you know? Yeah, I like um, being a songwriter myself, like, uh, which is also a big reason why Didi is my favorite, Ramon, because he's so pro- pro- prolific, like, in his songwriting. He can, like you say, he can write all the goofy shit, and he can write songs about being on Rockaway Beach, stuff like that, and then he can, like, write songs about punishment fit the crime, making monsters for my friends, you know? Mm. Really heavy, like thematically heavy songs and you can like oh it's a fun song oh it's cool blah 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 but then you like read the lyrics and then read between the lines and then if you have like some knowledge about the dude already uh before reading all this shit you can like you can see how how his uh, mental state and his behavior and his where he was in his life how everything affected him and how he wrote this fucking gems yeah of songs you know absolutely like uh, yeah, those yeah. songs are just i don't know man like i still some certain songs of uh of his and joey's especially those some of their songs just really i might you know send shivers down my arms and stuff like that when i hear them because it's just like fuck I can't believe you guys wrote this like you know like <laughs> Yeah, well, like I, I, I've got a lot of respect of Joey's songwriting too. You know, like his uh, solo record, like Mr. Punchy and stuff like that. It's, it's good songs, you know. But you can feel like it's, it's innocent. It's lighthearted at heart, you know. At, yep. at the base, it's all positive. But Didi, you you never know what you get with Didi, and I like that. That um, what's it what's it called? That uh, that uncertainty. Of, because you can either get like a song that's on the surface light, positive, but then you dig deeper and then it's really fucking heavy, like both emotionally and thematically. I hear the bells of freedom chiming, and inside my heart I feel I'm dying. 
like get that ability to write those songs like i think andrea in the mages i think he's got that quality too to be honest in his songwriting because it sounds poppy sounds catchy but then when you dig deeper it's like holy fuck these are actually real songs with stories behind them so if you get that gift then just milk that shit yeah (laughs) absolutely well that's the thing you know some people are great musicians and some people are songwriters and some people are lucky enough to be both and oh uh, yeah that's that (laughs) like that's a talent i mean i don't consider myself a good musician at all i'm pretty fucking terrible but i i write songs and that's my strong point i guess for me is that i get to write Mm. songs about goofy shit and uh uh you know but i'm not a very good musician my guitar player is a fucking great musician. You know, he can play yeah. like a motherfucker. I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I leave everything, I leave that perfection stuff and the solos and everything, I leave all that to him. So Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, that's actually kind of funny because in our band too, like our guitarist, Marius, or Johnny Skellington, like we call him, 
he's mm-hmm. really great guitar player and he's got really good sense of melody and song structure stuff like that so it's usually him and me that writes the songs and nice. he's not so very fond of writing words or expressing his thoughts and ideas and stuff like that and i am and I, or I, i'm not good i i like doing it and i i think it is like a it's a kind of a, a challenge to kind of pick apart things i think things i feel and write that in a way which in the dd way i guess like uh, on the surface fun kind of innocent but when you get deeper into it it's actually got it's actually like a proper story and it's actually pretty heavy and it's something i've uh, either felt or lived through or stuff like that so when we get like that combination like johnny or marius he writes the riffs he writes the melodies and then i just feed him lines and uh, four flat on the drum kit you know and then we got songs so we're kind of blessed like that having that dynamic i guess yeah, I mean, it definitely shows because the songs are great. They're they're fun. Yeah. They're, they're catchy. Thanks. And, you know, they they're just goofy and they're fun and they're they're a good time. Like you know, that's the thing that I expect from music is I I like music that makes me laugh or just makes me smile or just makes me feel good in general. Like I mean, li- life's fucking depressing as it is. You know, like yeah. it's hard enough for us. You know, so when I hear this sort of music. Uh, you know, quote unquote Ramones core or whatever, like that music makes mm-hmm. me happy, you know. Yeah. And that's what I like. You know, I, w- yeah, I want to yeah, be happy. Like- I don't want. I, I don't want to. I, I you listen to music to escape how depressing life is. So. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're preaching to the choir, man. Uh, it's uh, like every like hobby I get, like even is is drawing or music or video games or reading books. It's all escapes. It's uh, everything you can do to just escape, like, real life and people and everything that's going on in the world right now, you know. It all escapes. So the more fun you can have playing music or listening to music, the better it is because you just just want to get away from all this other depressing shit. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about, my friend. Well, I mean, the Skellingtons, you know, it's 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 your jam, and uh, obviously the album is just out now. But one well, thing yeah, I was going to ask so before before I let you go, though, uh, Rocky, is yeah. um, the the music that you're playing, like here in Australia, like the three chord punk rock stuff, as as it's known, like it's just not that popular here. Like, and I mean, really not popular here. It's hard to mm-hmm. make a dent anywhere. Uh, is it similar over there in Norway, or do you find that there is a good uh, punk scene for this style of music? Um, to be honest, yes and no. But uh, I, I think I gotta elaborate a little bit on that. The punk scene in Norway is actually pretty good, but it's a huge mix smash of different styles of punk rock. Like, we got our like pop punk, old school pop punk thing, you know, very most influenced, and then we got like new other bands that are more like skate punk, some are like Grindcore, some are like hardcore, stuff like that. Some are like very 80s punk. So in our like little bubble, like our pop punk remote score bubble, it's like it's us, then you got Prom Dates, and then you got the Hallingtons. Then you got Kinda the Yum Yums. That's Kinda Power Pop. Fucking love the Yum Yums. Yeah, the great fucking man. Great dudes too. Um, uh, So I guess we've got like 
and maybe a couple of more bands that are kind of like us, like with a four and four drumming and stuff like that. And then you got like more like no effects kind of punk rock bands and rancid punk rock bands and people that do mishmash between that and like, yeah, easy core stuff and stuff like that. But the scene as a whole, like the punk scene as a whole, it's pretty good. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm stoked, man. Well, mm-hmm. Rocky, I've kept you way too long. I mean, uh, you probably have got better things to do on this Saturday, although it's probably cold there um, looking out the window at the Northern not, Lights or something. So, No, I, I, to be honest, I don't really have any much plans this weekend. Dude, um, I didn't get to tell you earlier, I'm really honoured that you really want to talk to me or us about our shitty little pop-up band. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's cool. I like your record. So. And, you know, you come from yeah. the same school as we do, so, you know, the school of Ramones. And I figured that it was, uh, you know, it was a good chance now while your new album has come out and fresh that we get you on the show. Yeah. So Yeah, thanks again. I'm, like, looking at the, uh, like, you had, like, Andrea Manges on the first episode, and then you had Ed Stasium, and then you had, like, <laughs> little little tiny me. <laughs> Uh, well, DMs, like the anxiety was like, oh fucking hell! How no. am I supposed to deliver with these juggernauts? <laughs> me. But you know, it was like it's good talking to you, dude. Uh, if you go to a punk rock with Duno, let's grab a beer. Yeah, well, I don't drink, but yes, we'll definitely do that anyway. All right, Rocky. Well, you have a fucking awesome weekend, man. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and uh, I really do look forward to hanging out with you someday. At- Hopefully a punk rock Reduno. Yeah, and, uh, likewise. Yeah, and we can you know continue this chat further and uh, just don't burn down any churches mm. and you'll be good. I can't promise that. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't promise that. <laughs>